This little light of mine, I will let it shine. This little light of mine, I will let it shine. This little light of mine, I will let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. This light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I love the Dutch version because it does not say this little light of mine. It just says this light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Um, you know, I don't know why the English version says this little light of mine, but you know, okay, it's, 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 it's okay. The light is light. And, and whether it's little or small, it moves darkness away. Amen. Amen. I expected a louder amen of that. Amen. Whenever you have light, no matter how small it is, darkness just moves away. Have you ever been in a room, just and, and it's dark, and and you you just find a switch and you turn it on and the light comes on? It's like wow, my fears are gone, just because of the power of light. And sometimes even if it's just the small light of a lighter, it changes the atmosphere, because suddenly where it was all so dark, the light just gives hope. Doesn't matter how big the light is, the light just moves darkness away. Amen. Amen. And, and so I want to speak, I want to speak to us just around that aspect. We've been talking that we're, that we must move from glory to glory because God continuously, continuously reveals things to us. He continuously opens himself and the more we see him, the more we are supposed to, to express who he is. Therefore, we move from glory to glory. The more God opens the veil or removes the veil, the more and deeper we get into him and the more closer we get to him. And, and so we, the Bible speaks on that wise and says, you know, we are, we, we need to, let me just read. I love the way it says, verse 18 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of God are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And today I want to take it further into chapter 4 of, that, of, of 2 Corinthians, where Paul then says and starts off verse 1 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 with the word, therefore. Whenever you see therefore, therefore is giving, is, the context is behind the whole chapter 3 and chapter 2 where Paul has been talking to us about how the glory of God is revealed to us and how we must get to know more and more of the glory of God and the image of God and, and, and that you know we have, been, we have been called out of that darkness into this light of the glory of God. All that story is coming to this place where he says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, we have this ministry. We have this ministry of revealing God. 
We have this ministry of becoming the image of God. Tell your neighbor, I have a ministry. We don't get confused with the with the word that how it is used today. So far, I'm apostle ministries, TD Jake's ministries, Busima Posa ministries. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about we and you have a ministry. Tell your neighbor, I have a ministry. You can call it what you want, you have it. It doesn't have to be to be blueberry church ministries. You can call it that if you want, but you have a ministry. Tell your neighbor again, I have a ministry. Seeing therefore, we have a ministry. Don't confuse ministry to church. Right? I think you get the point now. We, we sometimes get confused when we hear people talk about ministry and all we think is about church and stuff we do in church. Paul was just speaking to ordinary Christians here who are living at Corinth and says, you have to show the glory of God. It is a ministry. Your ministry is to show the glory of God. Your ministry is to show forth the beauty of God that's being revealed in you. As God removes the veil, as God takes away darkness from your life, you have a ministry to show the goodness of the Lord to others. Amen. Amen. Your ministry is to show that Jesus is alive. Your ministry is to show that Jesus has power and is able to meet with you at your point of need. Your ministry is to show that the Word of God is alive and sharp and active. It is your ministry. Say, I have a ministry. ministry. It's not the church's ministry. It's my ministry. I have a calling. God calls us to be the light, to be the, the beauty of who He is. We have been made in His image. And the image in which we have been made must cause people to see and recognize the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so, and so as a church, we, we, I know we speak and say we are here to bring the power of Christ into everyday life. Everyday life is your life. It is your life expressing Jesus. It is your life showing who God is. It is your life expressing the beauty and the glory and the power, the majesty of Jesus Christ, maker of heaven and earth. It is your life showing, oh, God is great. No one is greater because he is in me. Greater is he who is in you than he who is on the outside. But you must show him that he is in you. Amen. Amen. You have a ministry. And and, and so we have received this ministry. And we have received not only this ministry. We have also been given mercy. And the mercy that's here is is, is enabling grace. It's an enabling grace. It's the mercy, you need to understand it here, as the mercy that empowers, that enables you. You see, mercy mercy has different context. If you go back to the Hebrew or the Greek, in this case, mercy can mean that, you know, you just get favor. Where you're supposed to be punished and they say, well, we don't punish you. Where you're supposed to be chucked down and say, no, we keep you in. That's mercy. Undeserved favor. 
But, but mercy can also be just an empowerment that allows you to do something. Amen. Amen. We often call it grace. We, we, have a, we have a grace that enables us to do something. And so we have this received also mercy. And because we have received this mercy, mercy that has taken us out of where we were and brought us in where we can now show the glory of God, we have also been empowered. Say, I'm empowered. I'm empowered. You are empowered and therefore we faint not. Tell neighbor, don't faint. Don't faint as a Christian. Don't go back as a Christian. Stay a Christian. Come on, tell them confidently. Stay a Christian. Stay in God. You know, you need to stay with Him. Why? Because we have a mercy that enables us to stay. We have received it. We have received it. You have it. It's like a parquetra that comes to your door. And has been placed inside your mailbox. It's there. As far as the mailman is concerned, you have received it. Whether you've taken it out, opened it, or you've thrown it away, when the mailman or the post border is asked, did he get his letter? He says, yes, he has received it because the mailbox took it. Amen. Amen. You see, no matter how much you can ask the postman, once he has brought the letter and comes to your house and drops it through the mailbox and it falls in, as far as he is concerned, the mail is received. And so the mercy that you have been given is in you. It's been put inside. It's received. It's there. Whether you use it or you don't use it, it's another question. But about receiving it, it's received. You have received the mercy. I have the mercy. I have the enabling grace of God. I have the power of God in me to do and to accomplish greater things. To do things that can show that God is alive. Amen. Amen. You have it. I have his, his enabling grace. So we have received it. And the Bible then says, therefore, we faint not. Oh, do not faint. Do not faint. Do not, faint. do not go backwards. Sometimes you may get tired, but do not faint. Why should you not faint? Because God gives power to those that are weak. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 to 31 is your scripture. He gives power to the weak. Young men may grow weary. You know, and, and the Bible uses young men. Why? Because normally, young men were seen to be those that had strength. They were supposed to be strong. They needed to be strong for themselves and strong for, the, for their wives and strong for the nation. They were the ones that were supposed to be defenders of the city. And so, when there was trouble, the women went inside with the children and said to the men, You go defend us. So the Bible, when it talks about people getting weak, they don't go to those that were supposed to be defended. They, it goes to those that are supposed to be the defenders. And says, even the defenders may grow tired, but when they wait upon the Lord, when they trust upon the Lord, when they look into the mail that God has sent them, they will receive strength. Hallelujah. Amen. When you open the mail that comes from God, which is the word of God, you will receive strength. 
So young men may grow tired, they may grow weary, but they that wait upon the Lord shall receive strength. I need to say to somebody, faith not, because the power is there for you. You have the power. I know it's not always easy to tell people about the goodness of God. I know it's not always easy to show that you're a Christian. I've been in situations where I'm sitting there thinking, if only I wasn't a child of God, I would have stood up here and just tell them a piece of my mind. But I think not. Hallelujah. When you are harassed, left, right, and center, and you know that the people are trying to corrupt you, I know there are times where you think, why don't I just do it what they, so that I can move on? But because I'm a child of God, I faint not. I press on towards the goal. I want to go to heaven. I want to get to heaven. I want to show that Jesus is alive. So faint not. Tell me, but faint not. Faint not. Faint not. Because God gives us strength. And when he gives us strength, we are able to mount with wings as eagles. Sometimes you are, you are there just trying to tell people about the goodness of the Lord. And you just don't know how to do it. Sometimes all you need to do is just to start saying one thing. That that's just, you know, oh God was helping me. And you catch people's attention. And then suddenly you, you don't know how it comes. But it just begins to come together and you're able to tell them even more. And you will be surprised that when you are able to just depend upon the simplest, the simplistic view of telling people that God is able, that it opens doors for them to listen. Whether they believe you or not, again, is like the letter in the mailbox. You have received mercy. Therefore, faint not. Do not faint. Do not fail to express your love for God. Do not fail to express that God is true. Even when they come and say to you, you said God is a healer, how come you are not healed? It doesn't change who God is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change who God is. The fact that I am not healed does not change who God is. But the fact that I was healed yesterday only substantiates His healing grace. The fact that my sister over there who has been healed substantiates that he is a healer. The fact that I'm not healed does not change who God is. The fact that the other guy doesn't believe does not change who God is. So do not faint. Tell neighbor, do not faint. Do not be discouraged. They may not listen to you, but don't be discouraged. It doesn't change who he is. The fact that they have now got a new theory about life and about human beings does not change that he is the maker, creator of heaven and earth. It doesn't change him. So do not faint. Do not faint. Do not lose hope. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. What you need as well when you are in those situations is to think about all the other examples where God has healed. All the other examples where they've come and said, I was sick and I'm healed. I was failing and when I prayed, God helped me and I passed. Huh? You hear what I'm saying, people? 
Oh, it was not, it's not happening for you. Well, it's been happening for that other person because they are praying. As long as it's God is doing that, I know He will come to my case. Amen. And, and you might even want to bring it closer home. Because sometimes it's not about that God is not working for you. It's just probably that you are just seeing this particular situation. But what about all these other situations where God is dealing and working for you? So it's about reframing that I just need to wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall receive new strength. So for this situation, I'm going to keep on waiting. While I'm waiting, I thank God for the food. I thank God for the job. I thank God for the parents. I thank God for the beautiful wife. I thank God she has a handbag and a big cell phone. I th I'm thanking God for all these other situations. And I know this one may not have been answered, but because he's answering on all those ones, I know that God will come through for me. Hallelujah. So, so you can show forth the glory of God. You can show the goodness of God throughout your life. Even on the sick bed, you can be telling them, I may be sick, but my kids are doing well. Oh, you think I'm crazy? No, I'm not crazy. Just go to the hospital and the psychiatric unit. You will see crazy people there. So while those guys are crazy, I thank God that this situation that I'm in should have taken me to that place. But oh my God, I am not in that place. I thank Him I'm here. Do you hear what I'm saying, people? Amen. Oh, this thing that some have died out of it, but I'm still here. Oh, I thank God. So it's just this one circumstance. It's just this situation. Don't let it overrule and make you fail to see the fullness of who God is and what God is doing. We have this ministry. Hallelujah. We have this ministry. It is a ministry. It is a calling that we have. And that ministry that we have is a ministry of good news. So 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Verse 58, I just want to encourage somebody who's been saying, I've been working so hard and I don't see the fruit. I, I, I felt this one in, in my spirit in the morning. You know, there's sometimes, you know, you're just reading the scriptures and there's a scripture that just comes to you with a lot of weight. And, 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 and then I just, just want to encourage somebody today about this. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, you know, I mean, God calls you his beloved. Therefore, my beloved brother, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, you know this, but you need to be reminded. Your labor, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Amen. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Amen. Yes, there may be some things we might do, we might labor upon, and they may yield nothing. But your labor 
in the Lord is not in vain. Amen. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I'm just to just encourage someone. Before we started Amazing Grace Parish, there were people that were praying that something like this would happen. And, and then one person came to me 10 years or so when we had started and said, you know, 20 years ago I came to the city and we were praying in the WICC, just to be called WICC, the Wagengen International Conference Center, you know, the, the, the hotel over there. And, 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 and we were praying that God, we need a church like this to, to cater for a certain aspect that we felt in the spirit was missing in the city. And I was hearing this, 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 this lady and I thought, wow. Now I am, I, am, I am just walking in the answers to their prayers. They did not faint. They labored in the Lord in the time they were here. And prayed for something like this that would bring a revival into people's lives, into the city, into churches. And, and, and I can tell you, sometimes I am so encouraged. When I meet people who say, I just come over here, I get some fire, I go back to my church. Don't worry when you don't see me for two years. The fire I got on the day I came was enough to sustain me in my church. And I'm thinking, how I wish you would have stayed here in AGP. And says, no, no, no. Don't worry. I'm not staying in AGP. I just come and I get my boost and I go back to my church. And when I heard that testimony and the testimony of the other lady, I put the two together and I said, wow, God, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Amen. And then somebody said, Pastor, you never know how much the teachings we receive in AGP have done into our lives. You may not see, see them every day because once we are finished with our masters and our PhDs, we leave you and we go away. But this one was somebody in Australia who was saying to me that lessons I have been learning, the things I have learned, now I can put them into practice. And you are I'm amazed at how much God is using me where I am. And so this one, another one was encouraging me to say, keep on preaching because you're ministering to the nations. And I was saying, how I wish all those people were here. I don't like empty chairs. Tell you what, I really don't. I want a church that's full. And so sometimes, yes, it feels like after all the evangelism, my wife always laughs at me because one time somebody said to me, why are you suffering yourself? Cold winter day in Hoogstraat. I was giving flies, doing evangelism. It was in the good old days. You know, the old days are always good. <laughs> the good old days. Before the police stopped us giving flies in the city. The good old days. We didn't need a permit, we just walked in, in the cold, winter's day, and you're giving flyers, hands are getting numb, and you can't even bend the fingers, but you keep giving the flyer. And this one person said, why are you suffering yourself? They, they didn't even care to speak in good English. They said, why are you suffering yourself? It looked like it was a vain thing, until two years later, somebody came to me and said, do you remember me? And I said, well, I, I know you from somewhere. You gave me a flyer on a cold winter's day. <laughs> the brother is still a Christian today. Amen. He's become a top professional in his, in his career path. As a Christian, still speaks about God. He started off on a cold winter's day where I couldn't bend my fingers because the ice, the, it was icy 
and my fingers were hot and cold. But I still thought I need to give another flyer. Why are you suffering yourself? Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. If I was just in the street giving flyers for the sake of giving flyers, it could have been vain and just suffering. But it was being done for the Lord, in the Lord, by God who has put in me the grace that I have received. Am I speaking to someone? Amen. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Hallelujah. And so I've seen these people come to the Lord. And I hear these people and how God has answered their prayers. Some of you are answers to people's prayers. People who prayed for you 20, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, that God saved them. Grandfathers and grandparents, we have been praying for you. And now you, you think, oh, it's a new hype to go to church. No, grandpa was praying because the labor in the Lord is not in vain. Hallelujah. Amen. Your labor is never in vain. So you also must put that labor for the Lord. Amen. Amen. And know that God will be with you. We're learning about discipleship in, this, in the search of the scriptures. And we've been learning that go here and make disciples out of all men. And then so your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I just needed to encourage somebody on that. Now, the second thing I want you to understand that you have good news. So you have good news. You have a ministry and you have good news. You are a good news bearer. Write that down if you're writing. You can tweet it if you, if you care. Tweet, tweet and say, I'm a good news bearer. You have good news. People need good news. And that good news is called the gospel. Go to, go to verse 2 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's called the gospel. The gospel is good news. Jesus' salvation is good news. The salvation that is in Jesus is good news. That God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That is good news. That Jesus loves you, man. That is good news. That God cares for you. That is good news. Many people want, just need somebody who can tell them that they are important. God makes you important. He has made you. He loves you. The way you are. He needs you. Come to Him. That's good news. You are full of good news. Hallelujah. Amen. Is anybody here reading the Bible? If you're reading the Bible, you're full of good news. You've got good news, man. Tell your neighbor, I've got good news. I've got good news. <laughs> You've got good news. And so you must go out and tell that good news. So here he says in verse 2, If our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. You are not lost, so you have good news. But now, you must make that good news known to others. You have the good news. The gospel, the story of Jesus' love is good news. And if you want to show people the good news, you don't start go, you don't just go to them and start saying, you're a sinner, you're going to die. That's bad news. <laughs> yes, they're a sinner. And if they don't repent, they will die. But if you start by giving them bad news, what, what do you do when you receive bad news? You block it. You get angry. So you, so you, you, you can't start off like the crunch. You know, the crunch gives you a big headline. And the headline is, the Netherlands has lost 
Not they played very well. And in small letters, sadly, they lost. They, when they lose, they put them. They failed to reach the competition. Come on, guys, they played their hearts out. They played great football. They defended until they were kaput. And all you could, all you could write was they lost. <laughs> Why don't you say, they played a great game and then put that little detail at the bottom somewhere <laughs> But it was a great game. Yeah. You know, you have this good news. I'm not saying sugarcoat the gospel. You need to tell it as it is. But telling it as it is is saying that Jesus died on the cross for you because he loves you. Mm -hmm. That's the message we need to go out with. That's the message we need to call. You know what? If you come to church, you will distress. Many people don't like the bad news that come to church. It's bad news for many people. Because the image of church is a dull, boring place. So when you come say, come to church, they will say, oh, I'm not coming to a dull, boring place. Where we say, oh, no, I'm not coming there. But if you come to the Hallelujah Church, I am telling you, every time I say that to my colleagues, they want to come. Just the most of my colleagues live in Amsterdam, and then they think, where is Wagen here? <laughs> Wagen almost sounds like bad news to them. But, 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 but you know, the fact that I say, we have a Hallelujah Church. What were you doing in the weekend? So I went to church. No. Terrible, you went to church? <laughs> My God, this weekend was fire, man. Church was ablaze. And you know what? Everybody stops drinking their coffee. What kind of church do you go to? I go to a hallelujah church. I go to a church where Jesus is alive. I go to a place where I feel warm just by entering in. And today is warmer. <laughs> but you know, that's, it's extra warm because you guys are on fire. You guys are happy, you are smiling. I've been in church where you, are, you almost think we are not allowed to smile. Because the, 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 the priest comes in with a big serious holy face, standing there, this morning's reading. Amen. Can't stand it. So it's bad news when you tell people let's go to church like that. But we need to tell people, let's go to a place where you will dance. Man, have you ever danced in church and said, dance in church? Yes, dance in church. Like really kick off your shoes with dancing. You saw the place worshiper took off his shoes at some moment. That's the kind, you know, and you need to tell people the good news that is in Christ. You need to tell people the good news, the freedom that is, in, that is there. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. Is that not what your Bible says? I have come to set you free, and the truth will set you free. And when the Son of Man sets you free, you will be free. What? Indeed. Somebody was saying, "Why? Well, how do you stay motivated every time? Every time we see you, you are motivated." I said, "Well, Sunday is a great day to get motivation." So what do you mean? I am in church every Sunday. It motivates me. So when I hit the office on Monday. I am supercharged because of Sunday. Now, now, there is no other way than changing people's perceptions about church. 
than telling them the good news about it. Oh, it was such a free atmosphere. We were having a leadership course, um, and one of my colleagues said, oh, we've been studying the theory, you know, we're talking, I can't remember the theory now, the, the high, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And says, we've been studying that at church. And everybody in the room looked and said, you study this stuff at church? Yeah. Says, yes, we study Maslow's hierarchy of needs at church. Because we need to minister to people who are professional, who need to excel in their jobs. So we empower them at church. And man, that was a sermon in its own. Afterwards, I went to him and I said, we need to hook up, bro. I don't know, I've got such powerful Christians in this place. And you know, this is showing the power of God in everyday life. We study Maslow's hierarchy at church because we need to empower the guys to come and work for you. And, and the managers in the room looked at this guy and says, wow. So we are busy paying 2,000 euros for you to go through this course. And you're just teaching it for free at church? Come on, tell them. You can have these leadership courses for free at church. What's more good news than gratis? You have the good news. Amen. Tell me if I have some good news. You do, you know. Oh, you have the good news. So, so you have a story of how Christ has removed you from darkness into light. How Christ has, has intervened in a moment of your sadness, in a moment of your challenge. See, one of, one of, my, one of my challenging, one of the challenging situations I faced was I needed to get married and I needed to wed. <laughs> and, and so I had money on the stock exchange. And, and then, you know, Zimbabwe being Zimbabwe, they made some stupid decisions. I lost 50,000 euros in one day. Then Zimbabwe's money was still good, right, in those days. It was still good. And, and you know, you needed to go tell this beautiful lady, you know what, I've lost 50K off the stock exchange. And we're supposed to go get married in two weeks and I need that 50K. So, so she was there, she just looked at me and uh, she, she tried to encourage me as a good Christian and went away. But I was just thinking, what's going through her mind? So, uh, so you know, while you're thinking, what's going through her mind? I went to pray. And so I started praying, God, you need to come up, come up for me. And one of my friends, you know, I used to just pray with this guy. I used to pray with this guy. He just walks up on the weekend and says, for I am coming with you to your marriage ceremony because we do two, two ceremonies. If you're, if you're a good guy like me, you often do two ceremonies. Phil, you know what I'm talking about, right? Definitely. You do one ceremony and, and then you do the wedding where you then have a big party. But you do two ceremonies. And for me, that first ceremony is super important and super expensive. And I leave it there. <laughs> so he walks up to me with a brick of money. You know, a brick. Crisp notes. Wrapped up. He says, Farai, you will not fail to marry. Here is money. Put it under your car seat. Let's go. <laughs> so we took this money under my car seat. It was my, it was, it could have been a dark moment, an embarrassing moment. How do you go to your father-in-law saying, I've come to marry your daughter and you don't have money? <laughs> when he's expecting you to have money. 
And how do you drive 600 kilometers to tell him, I don't have money. But, but God intervened. So now I know, I can tell you I have some good news. That if you are stuck in a situation, you can pray, God will send a helper to you. Hallelujah. Amen. I have good news. So when I've got people that come to me and say, Pastor, things are not, don't worry. We can pray, God will send a helper. Why? Because I have this good news. I have seen how God has helped me. Hallelujah. I've seen how God has come through. You see, I was sick at a time. And I need to, to live on medication and all these sprays because I had a terrible hay fever back home. And, 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 and I've never been in this church. But one day something just come to this church had been inviting me for a long time. So I went. And when I went on this one fateful day, the man of God decided to do stuff about healing. Oh man, the, the place was on fire. People were just being healed all over the place. And while he was doing all this and laying hands upon other people, I am in there saying, today is my day. By the time this man lays hands upon me, I'm also going to be healed. You know what the man of God did? He just ran right past me. My hands were upstretched, waiting. He just went right past me. Then when he was back at the pulpit, after laying hands on all these other people, right past me, I'm thinking, can't you see me? What's wrong with me? I'm here, I'm here. Today is my day, I'm here. He goes back and says, everybody else that I didn't touch, if only you can believe, you will be healed. And I said, well, he didn't touch me, but I can believe. And I believed, and I got healed. Amen. And I never used that medication again. Amen. Even when I told my mother, she says, what? How can you stop it? Do you know how expensive that medication was? Yes, it's expensive, but I have a healer. I have good news. So now I can tell you, Jesus heals. Hallelujah. She have good news. And you need to go out and tell this good news. Amen. Amen. My wife tells you of the story of how she passed statistics. Oh, that's a testimony. It's a powerful, one of the most powerful testimonies I have. And she's now looking at me and saying, ah, this testimony. I love the testimony, honey. It's just amazing. She fails a statistics course. This is where it starts. And she comes and says, I, how, what, uh, I'm frustrated, how can, how, what's going to happen? I can't do this course, you know, I don't, I don't like repeating courses. It's just a principle that I said, I want to move on. I'd rather get a six and move on than have to repeat. So we are, we are they say, okay, honey, now you have to repeat the exam. So, so we, we prayed, and I'm telling you, she prayed. <laughs> she prayed. <laughs> and she went back to the exam. After prayer and some studying, huh? you also need to study. Huh? <laughs> there needs to be prayer and work. Tell anybody you must pray and work. You know, prayer is not some magic thing. Prayer invites God to bless the work of your head. So she has worked, gone back in, and she came back and says, I just don't know. But I wrote something. So I said, well, but we've prayed. We've trusted God. And then the results came. And she had a distinction on this course. And I was looking and saying, how do you move from failure to distinction? In the universities where I went to, that would never happen. Here it happens. They will, you just, if you pass even with a distinction, 10 out of 10, 
Where I came from, they just gave you five, the plus one. Here, they just give you what you have, you have now. It says, I have a distinction of statistics. I will not go to my wife to ask her how to do statistics. <laughs> but she has a distinction in statistics. <laughs> it's a good news story. So I, and now she can testify and tell people who are struggling with statistics that if you work and pray, God will come through for you. Hallelujah. Amen. That's good news. Yes or no? I can see a lot of heads nodding. <laughs> yes. Whatever it is that you're going through in life. Whatever you're going through in life. Somebody. Somebody else needs to hear your story. Because they may be passing through. What, it, what you're passing through. But because you are standing. You are continuing. You are going on. That's the good news. That you need to tell them. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the good news. That you need to tell them. That by God, I've run through a troop. I've leapt over a wall. God is my strength. My helper. My ability. You have this good news in you. Amen. Amen. Tell Eb I have good news. I have good news. I want you to think of all the stories you have. Of when you prayed and God answered. You can ignore the ones that God didn't answer. Focus on the ones that He answered. And you will be amazed that they outweigh the ones that you have not been answered of. And make a catalog of those stories and tell them to people. That is the ministry. Amen. Amen. That is how you're going to express the goodness of God. To others. Tell about how God has moved you through. And you know what? Every time I count my blessings one by one, I am strengthened even more. Mm -hmm. Because then I know that God is good. So you have a ministry. You have good news. You have a story of how God has removed you from a dark moment and brought you into light and so it's like in matthew chapter 4 verse 16 and 17 where it says the people which sat in darkness saw a great light you see when i when i when i was sitting in the darkness of the stock exchange i still remember the day very well when my broker called me and said fry we've lost 60k sitting in my office thinking 60k is a lot of money 60k is money for my wife man. and says is there anything you can do it says well either you take your losses or you wait for another year or two hoping hoping that the policies don't change again but as of now for I we've lost 60k and I'm afraid that if you don't take your losses you will lose more <laughs> so I'm sitting having to make a decision of whether to Keep the fund, postpone the marriage, postpone the wedding, you know, all kinds of things. I'm in a dark moment. But then I saw the light when I turned to pray. The people who sat in darkness saw a great light. A friend of mine was sick. And he saw the light and came to me and says, Fry, can you pray for me? And I said to him, no, 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 let me look for another friend who's more powerful in prayer. He says, no, 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 I, I see something in you, just pray for me. 
No, as afraid as I was, we found a place, I laid my hands on him. I was as surprised, much more surprised. He was so expectant. He gets healed. He stands up and says, I'm healed. I'm still more ready to pray a few more times. A few more prayers. But he says, I'm already healed with your prayer that you've done so far. You know, he says, no, I was sick. Now I'm healed. Somebody who was in darkness has seen a light. And that light is in Jesus Christ. That Jesus, that is in you. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And it says, them that sit in the region in the shadow of death, light is sprung upon them. There are people who are in a place where they are in, 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 about to give up. They are struggling. Those are the people that are in the region of the shadow of death. And those people we need to speak to. Amen. Amen. Those people we need to speak to. And so Jesus says to them in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through the 16. He says to us, says to you, says to me, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, what shall it be salted? It is no more, it is good for nothing now, but to be cast out and be trodden under foot of men. Verse 14 is what I want you to ponder upon as you will stand up to pray. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill. You cannot be hidden. If the gospel is hid from them, it is hid from them that are lost. But you are a city that is built on a hill. You cannot be hidden. Your light must shine to the lost. You see, somebody in the valley, because you are a city on a hill, somebody down there in the valley, when he is lost in the darkness, while he is in the region of darkness, the moment he sees the light of the city, he will move toward it. We all do. We all gravitate towards the light. Switch on a light in your garden and you will see the flies and the moths and everything else moves towards the light. We all gravitate towards the light. Nobody wants to be in darkness. We all gravitate towards the light. We are looking for something that will lighten our burdens. The people that we interact with are looking for something that will lighten their burdens. And I want you to really realize that you are the city that's on the hill. You are a candle that has been lit. It will not be put under a bushel, but you are on a candlestick so that you can give light to the whole house. Verse 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and may glorify your Father which is in heaven. We have this ministry. May you rise on your feet with me. We have this ministry to make our light shine. And I want you to pray a prayer with me today that says, that just cries out and says, Lord, help me to shine. Help me to shine. Just open your mouth and say, Father, say after me, Father. Father. Or say confidently, Father. Father, help me to shine. Help me to shine. Help me to shine in your light. Help me to shine in your light. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and make that your personal prayer. Pray that prayer in your own personal way. 
let your light so shine father help me to shine your glory let your glory shine in me the ministry that you've given to me the, the ministry that lord you've placed in my life oh the ministry of your glory the ministry of your beauty of your splendor of your love oh god let that light shine in my life i thank you for the mercy that you've given to me lord i thank you for the enabling grace that you've put in my life that lord my god i can shine oh god this ministry to those that are in darkness to those oh god where your gospel is hid i pray that god through me lord jesus they will see the light through me they will see you come on somebody pray and ask the lord to use you ask the lord to use you that you will be the light to somebody's life you will be the light to somebody's to somebody who's in a dark situation who's in a dark moment oh god in the name of jesus christ i pray my father lord god use me oh god use me father to speak into somebody's life to declare into somebody's life oh god in the mighty name of jesus use me lord god almighty to be a blessing to someone i have this ministry thank you that you've given it to me oh lord thank you that you've not only given me the ministry but given me the power also i pray that god we will be the light to show forth your goodness to show your glory to show your mercy to show your love thank you heavenly father Use me, oh God. Just want to pray for anybody who's sick. If you're not well, just raise your right hand where you are. I'm going to pray for you. Anybody who's sick, say, I don't feel well, just raise your right hand. Father, I thank you for the hands that are raised. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are a healer. I pray, God, that Jehovah, you will touch these beloveds and heal them, oh God. Amen. Set them free from every power of sickness. Amen. I rebuke that sickness from your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I declare the healing power of God over your body, Amen. over every part of you, spirit, soul, and body in Jesus' name. Amen. Be healed right now. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And also just had a burden for, for, for if there is anybody who, who feels rather stressed by the situation they are going through. You see, it's not just ordinary challenges of the day, but you feel rather stressed. Just, just raise your right hand where you are as I just pray. Again, you know, we want to rebuke that spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus. We want to rebuke that tormenting spirit. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every hand that's raised right now. I command the spirit of fear to go. I command the spirit of torment to go. I rebuke every demonic power and operation to torment and trouble any of these beloveds to seize and stop its operation now. And I declare, Heavenly Father, Lord, your freedom over them in Jesus' name. My God, I pray that, Lord, as they leave this place, Father, they leave as a free person, set free.
pray, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. My God, where they feel like the gates are closed, I open them in Jesus' name. Amen. I break every bar of iron in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And Lord, I thank you that, Father, your word says that by your spirit, the yoke of bondage is broken. Amen. So I break that yoke in the name and the power of Jesus Christ. Be free in Jesus' name. Amen. Walk in the freedom of the Lord. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.